0: Welcome back to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. I'm Dr. Gene Boreson. And I'm Dr. Steve Schlossman. And we're child psychiatrists at the Clay Center for Young Healthy Minds at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Here's what we'll talk about today. Typically, when we do these podcasts around the holidays, we focus on stress. But this time, we want to focus on the roles of giving and receiving on these occasions. You know, kids and Adults typically think about good things, about food, about gifts, about getting stuff. Steve, can you tell us what the research shows about giving and receiving?
1: There is absolutely
0: no research. No, I'm I'm kidding. There's actually
1: really, really... (laughs) I'm I'm talking about neurobiological research. I I understand. Um, So there's a ton of research, and actually it spans the um, sociobiological research all the way to the hardcore neuroscience research. So let's just take a second to talk about both of those. Um, It'll take you more than a second. It'll take me more than a second. So sociologically, it turns out that um, if you receive a gift, it doesn't feel as good both on standardized assessments and using functional MRI. As if you give a gift, it doesn't – if you receive a gift, it doesn't feel as good as giving a gift. It's, it's a hard one to sort of get out of your mouth. And, and the point there is that receiving a gift often is a bit of a letdown because you might not get what you want or it might not be exactly what you want. But giving the gift means that you've thought a lot about the other person. And it turns out just for the record – the best way to find out what to give to the other person is to get a list from that other person of choices and to choose from the things that they might want and to give it to them. So that, that's just a sort of background thing because people are very interested around this time of year. How do I give a present? What's the effect going to be? But what I find even more interesting is this data that show that if you help people to say come upon a windfall of money, say through a bonus, and then you ask them to recall a time when they received a gift – They are much more likely to take that windfall, that money, and to use it to buy a gift for somebody else. And in doing that, they're likely to feel good. They call it the warm glow feeling. It's actually an actual term in marketing research. And that warm glow feeling is likely then to become circular and make them give more gifts. So the more the windfall and the more you can remember what it felt like to give a present, the better you'll feel the next time you give a present. Now, the other really cool part about this, and this is the neuroscience part, is that when you give a gift and when you receive a gift, you fire those dopamine reward centers, the same regions of your brain that feel good when you score a touchdown in a football game. Um, the pleasure centers. The pleasure centers. It's, uh, there are things that our brain knows that if we experience that, we try to experience Now, they fire
0: when you both give and when you
1: receive? They do, but here's the, here's the rub. When you give a gift, not only do those dopamine reward centers fire – but there are other regions of the brain that fire that we don't have to get into precisely right now, but know that they are associated with social relationships. So, so we're, we're pack animals. We like to be with each other. And there are certain regions of, of our brain that feel very good when we make each other feel good. You see this in primates when they groom each other, for example. So when one person gives another person a gift, that region of the brain lights up that says, I like being with this person. And it doesn't have to be someone you know. It could be a stranger that you're giving a gift to, like, the teacher you barely know. So there's increasing amounts of data that in the absence of giving gifts, say only receiving gifts, you actually don't feel as good, which leads us to this path where we should find a way to help the kids in our lives, since they can't get gifts on their own, to get gifts uh, for, for people in their family. So
0: giving in some ways is better than receiving. It's certainly different and in some ways better. And and the typical scene, though, during the holidays is receiving, right? Yeah, yeah, so running
1: downstairs, opening up the presents of it's Christmas or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever. They're tearing open those presents and looking at them.
0: And then gorging yourself on food and then sitting and like watching a football game and just taking it all in and just being a recipient.
1: Yep, yep. And the market research shows that about (laughs) 70% of those gifts disappear. The ones that those kids play with, they play with them for about half the year, and then they're done. There are a few really special ones, but not not a lot of them, whereas the giving of the gift, that memory sticks around So you know, you know what
0: occurred to me, just this image I had right now, which is maybe unrelated to the holidays, but when 9-11 occurred, one of the most valuable things was kids – Making gifts for the survivors, lighting candles, writing cards, drawing pictures. I mean, so even in the face, when it's not a holiday, when it's a tragedy, there's something really valuable. About gift giving.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that, that really goes to this whole other area, which I think is really apropos for this time of year, although it ought to occur for the whole year. And that's this issue of community, which we, we use that term so much, I, I think we forget how important a word it is. In the absence of community, in the absence of feeling connected, uh, we don't do well as as a species and we mm-hmm. don't do well. And you can see that happen. You can see people start to yell at each other when they have to find a way to get along with each other. And that happens through building community. It happens through singing in the town choir. It happens
0: through um walks that
1: right. are in memory or in support of some cause.
0: So so let's 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 give the audience some tips about how to promote giving during the holidays. It's funny that you say singing because one of the rituals in my family and we always go over to our best friend's home with the entire family and every Thanksgiving there is a singing event that happens that has to happen. After the meal, between the meal and the dessert, we all gather around the piano, we bring out guitars and everybody sings. No, no matter how bad you're singing, no matter how out of tune you are, it, it's, it's, a, it's a communal event and, if, and it's never, ever, ever missed.
1: So those stories at least according to what the sociologists tell us and the psychologists and the psychiatrists and the people who study large populations those traditions actually increase well-being like people feel measurably better after those, those my events. my
0: kids look forward to that event every all year long they talk about they talk about that the singing at Thanksgiving
1: yeah yeah so for, for for my family it's um you know we we have different traditions uh, I don't think my family is as gifted musically as your family. In fact, I know my family is not as gifted as musically as your family. But we will. Um, with the, there is the, <laughs> there's the telling of the stories, right? So we have to hear about the day that that daddy was born, or the day of daddy's bar mitzvah. I mean, but these that's stories. a gift. I mean, giving us telling a story is a gift. Absolutely. So I roll my eyes, but it's almost part of the script. Like ah, oh, here we go. But it's part of the script. The kids laugh. People are laughing. Um, You know, food is going into mouths. And by the way, the food brings up another issue. If you cook it, it tastes better. That's not just a saying. That's actually true. Well, it's
0: interesting because I I used to cook, but I, I, I haven't for years. But typically, my kids will come over to our house for Thanksgiving, and we make a huge number of pies. But everybody chips in, except me, making the pies, and that's part of the event.
1: And that chipping in, the fact that everybody does it together, despite the sort of traditional scene of the of the you know, pardon my sexism, the men watching the football game where the women are in the kitchen cooking, despite that traditional scene, those pies measurably taste better in in controlled studies if you participate in making them.
0: So your pie doesn't taste as good, Doctor Brett. Well, I didn't make the pie, but what I what I contribute, I clean up. I'm I'm a really good cleaner up so upper. you're
1: still taking part in it and it still feels good but i'm gonna push back here because if you don't make that pie the cleaning up counts for less i think everybody
0: could clean up so maybe i should uh, bake bread this year yeah something like
1: that yeah no no it'll feel good you'll enjoy it you'll, i used to and, and and you know what it's not the baking of
0: the bread it's, it's the, the process yeah. it's joining in with the others yeah, it's the talking
1: with people it's the sort of catching up there's no screen on there's not. you know there's an opportunity to i, I love tv i love football you don't have to watch it all day. It's it's not even there all day. You can turn everything off and go make bread together, which is really worth it. I know this sounds sort of self righteous, but actually, it turns out when you study
0: it, these rituals make the holidays go better. So singing, telling stories, cooking, what else? How about how about how about how about making things? How about how about you know kids say I'm bored. Well, let's let's draw pictures or let's let's play games or let's. You know, what's the role of things like that? Yep, yep. No, um, you know, one of the traditions
1: we have in my family is to, um, so it's one thing to sort of go around the table, and, and I know that families do this, and say what you're thankful for, and each, you know, every person at the table has to say that. But my my mom, being the mom that she is, always keeps that list, and then she reads it at every subsequent Thanksgiving. So she reads, you know, last year Steve was thankful for this, or John was thankful for this. but. Each year it changes so we can appreciate the development of, of ourselves as, as a family and as a group and as a community. That's like a gift, right? Because I get to see a little window into what I thought of last year and where I am this year. So telling stories by themselves is, is a huge part of this
0: process. What's interesting is you began by saying it's social and biological, and all the examples that we've just given are not solo pilot activities. They're communal activities, yep. they're group activities, they're doing things together, they're giving to each other by doing things with each other. So so that, uh, you know what, we could wrap up with with this
1: observation, which I think is, um, this is also in the literature, but but it ought to kind of go without saying. If you know somebody who doesn't have a place to go on these holidays, and, and there are people out there like that, and you invite them to your house, you feel better. Not only are you, does that person feel better because they have a place to be, but you feel better about it. And you don't feel better about it because you get to be kind of self-righteous you actually in controlled ways feel that you enjoy that meal more so So
0: can i send some people that need a place to go to your house absolutely no no,
1: absolutely i mean it's
0: it no i I was joking but i mean you're right i mean inviting inviting people that don't have a place to go i mean for a lot of holidays you know i remember in college i remember after college people didn't have a place to go for for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever. And and it was really, really felt great to say, yep. well, come on over. Yep,
1: yep. No, my mother-in-law is the dean of international students at SUNY Buffalo. And so I know that every holiday we're going to have people at the table that she's invited that are from all over the world, you know, Asia, Eastern Europe, all the former Soviet Union countries. Um, and they bring this level of richness that we wouldn't have.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> Well, if anybody has other ideas or thoughts about giving over these holidays, please write to us, let us know, drop us a line. I'm Gene Bureson. And I'm Steve Schlossman. Thanks.